everyone and welcome to That's My Point, the podcast where I, your host Rani, will delve into the themes and ideas that I've collected throughout films, TV shows and documentaries, whilst also suggesting what they may tell us about this crazy and confusing world that we are currently living in, because let's face it, we know absolutely nothing. So today um, is very different than last time because I am joined by somebody else and I don't normally do this. Well, I haven't actually done this because, I mean, it's the first time I'm really doing these episodes, but I thought it was quite interesting for this particular film slash book that I would bring something or someone with me who forced me to read it as a child. So <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Sharon, I'm Rani's mum. Hello, <laughs> Sharon. Yeah, yeah you? Yeah, You're good? <laughs> good, good, good. So yes, this is my mum. Um, she forced me to read To Kill a Mockingbird, which is what we're going to be talking about this week she forced me to read it when i was maybe 12 or 13 just to say you were encouraged to read and one of the books you were encouraged to read was to kill a mockingbird amongst others Mm -hmm. okay so let's not go with the force you were encouraged to read so help you with your english language and literature so essentially what she's trying to say is that i was forced to do it um (laughs) because i remember when i was in i don't know what year it is year it was i think it was year seven Mm -hmm. i came home and one day he was like nah nah you know what you're gonna do today you're gonna read to kill a mockingbird and i was like oh oh no because before that she got me to read um i think it was animal farm Okay. You made me read Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. I was confused, but I did I did kind of grasp what it was about. Mm. The idea wasn't for you to grasp it at the time. Mm. It was to put you ahead of the game for when you reached to the point where literature was going to become an exam or GCSE. Yeah? yeah. So I had read those books and they were, they had kind of themes behind them, which we're obviously going to talk about To Kill a Mockingbird, but Animal Farm was an important book at the time and to me literature hadn't changed over the years so I thought there was no harm in getting you to read the books that I had read and enjoyed and it just kind of helps you you know opens your mind that's my view and um I think you know it kind of sets you ahead gives you you know in advance of everybody else I agree. remember even the Shakespeare the the, the Shakespeare <laughs> books that you read and they were kind of written for your age group but what I was thinking was that perhaps you know if you got the concept of each Shakespeare play then when you had to do one when you reach high school then it would be easy for you you know but I know we're talking about To Kill a Mockingbird today but those Shakespeare's were made into movies as well so maybe in future we could talk about those but Yeah. I mean, like, there's many there's many films that are actually adapted from Shakespeare. I know this is coming off topic a little no, bit, but... Not really, yeah. But the, I remember there's this film specifically. It's called... I don't know if anyone remembers. It's called She's the Man. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it's yeah. with Amanda Bynes or something. I can't remember what the actress's name was, but she... It was basically the story of um, Midsummer Night's Dream, yeah. I think. And it was, like, two yeah. twins. It was, like, it was twins who were separated... And then they were living each other's lives, or essentially, mm-hmm. or she was living, or the sister was living the brother's life, and then she was found out at the end or something like that. I thought that was interesting, but you're right, yeah. because yeah. you know what? Even though I say like, oh, you forced me, but I, I would say that it definitely did set me ahead of a lot of people, because when it came to sort of, you know, being able to analyse sort of things, like what I'm doing, yeah. <laughs> doing with these episodes, yeah. Yeah. and when it came to doing it in English class, and... Yeah. 
No. Because they gave you movies to analyse exactly what you're doing your podcast on now. They did give you the movies. Mm -hmm. And and like you say, if you've got a pre-idea about what is going on, when you have to read it again or watch it, it's easy. Mm -hmm. You know? So I agree. Honestly, I think definitely if you haven't really sort of got into reading sort of those type of books or these type of books that we're going to be speaking about in the future, then I really do think that you are missing out um, because it will set you ahead of other people, especially yeah. reading it at a young, young age. Yeah, and to bring mm. it back into context, reading it and then seeing the film, mm-hmm. the film is what kind of solidifies what you read or it doesn't. It's either a really good film or it's like, that did not represent what I read. Mm-hmm in the in the book exactly. do you know what I mean but I didn't I definitely didn't get that from To Kill a Mockingbird trust me <laughs> you know what I, I have to say um when I read that book it it really got me emotionally um and I never forgot the book it was the best book in the time that I'd read and then when I saw the film it was so well done in my view that whatever I'd read and however I'd imagined the characters when I watched the film, it was, I knew exactly who everybody was because it was so well casted, you know, and it was so close to what I'd read. It was absolutely brilliant for me. And, you know, for me, it covered topics such as friendship, stereotype racism assumptions about how people are um listening to others um gossip there were so many topics in there um family life dynamics in a family poverty you know uh your neighbor how you don't make them feel inferior to you it it was such a brilliant book stroke film it covered a multitude of topics that most of them are still relevant today and I would encourage anybody after this podcast to watch this movie and even read the book because it literally takes your breath away yeah agreed I mean this book uh definitely when I read it um I imagined it exactly how the film portrayed it yeah and when I because when I after I read it obviously I I watched it ages after Mm -hmm. um I think that the book added some detail added some further depth into me understanding what was going on because I know that I read it at a time where I didn't kind of understand everything but after I watched it I was like okay now I'm getting an all-rounded view of what this is about but actually before we get into it do you want to explain to everyone who hasn't seen it To Kill a Mockingbird at all what the film is about basically for me the book the main aim of the film is about a lawyer who is defending a black man that has been accused of attacking a white woman that's basically the main um, focus of the film but it also shows you the values he instilled in his children you see how the, his, he raises them on his own and it also um, gives value to him standing by what he believes and not wavering from that that's the main context of the movie it might sound simple but when we get to talk about it you know, people will see that there's so much more, but it was so well done. 
Mm-hmm. Agreed. And this is all being seen through the eyes of a child as well. Yes. Which is Scout. 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 Yeah. Or do you know the Do you know her real name? Do you know her real name? The actress? No, her full name. Like her name. Finch. Yeah, but her full oh, name is not Scout. But no. it's you don't have a full name. Remember. It's I think I don't know if I have it here. It's like Jean Louise. Right, so yeah. nobody calls her that, and she doesn't like being called that, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she is called that, she knows she's in trouble. Yes, she knows she's in trouble. <laughs> definitely. So mum's definitely summed up what the film's about. Um, it's very powerful, but I must reiterate the fact that if you intend on watching this film or reading the book without knowing anything at all as well, before we go into this and before we have this whole conversation, I do want to tell you that this contains spoilers. So... I mean, you want to say if you want to save this for after you've watched it, go ahead, but make sure you come back because it's going to be an interesting conversation. Also, please bear in mind that all of the points that I will be expressing are a mixture of mine and my mum's personal opinions, observations, and further research that I've done outside. So yeah, now we can continue. <laughs> right. So do you want to start off with one of your points? Well, um, I don't know. I don't know if you want to sort of talk about any of the characters. I suppose the characters is the main thing. Right. But Atticus Finch is the source character. He's the main character. He's the lawyer and he's the father to Jem and Scout. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, the <laughs> you know, for me, he's a very strong man you know, who has values that he he instills in his children. And he's a traditional man. He doesn't have a wife. He has um, a maid, a black maid, who doesn't live with him, but she <laughs> she actually works with him and she is family. Mm-hmm. Because the length she goes to look after Atticus's children is... Amazing. Her name is Calpurnia. 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 We love Calpurnia. Calpurnia. (laughs) And Calpurnia does not joke, right? If them kids have done something wrong, she will instill the discipline, okay? Now, back in those times, it's quite, you'd be quite surprised to know that a white man with a black maid allows her to actually instill the discipline. But you know, she's part of the family, she's respected, and she reminds me of my mum. And the reason she reminds me of my mum is my mum used to do the same thing Campania did in, in the film. And there was a scene where, um, I can't remember if it was Jem or Scout, um, I think Jem was rude and was watching um, one of their guests who had been invited over for uh, dinner, a little boy came over for dinner who she, who she had had a fight with. Are you sure it's Scout? Are you sure it's not Scout? Well, it might be Scout then, but one of them had a fight. Right. She, one of them had a fight and I swear, I think Scout must have said something out of term or something like that and was rude. Or she was wearing, she didn't want to wear a dress or something like that. She went to school. Yeah, she um, went to school and, and she had a fight. Yeah, she had a fight with. I can't remember the boy. Was his name Cunningham? Yeah, it was right, like so Walter. It was Cunning, Walter Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Now Walter Cunningham's family were poorer than German Scout, mm-hmm. and she was rude. 
And she was, he was, because of her rudeness, he was invited over to have a meal with them. But when he came to the table, obviously his table manners are different from, yeah. from theirs because they got Calpurnia, yeah. who's teaching them the right way. But what Calpurnia also taught them was don't be rude. If the guest doesn't know how we operate, then don't make them feel like trash yeah it's not nice what does she do <laughs> i remember this scene i remember this scene from being younger and being like okay okay do you want to explain what happened she whooped her butt <laughs> Campania didn't do it in front of people but because she was watching how walter was pouring the maple syrup or whatever syrup he was pouring over his food she was making comments which you don't do so calpurnia called her into the kitchen and chastised her to say mind your manners she reminded me of my mum because of that because our mum was our mum is somebody that does not joke you don't embarrass the family by you know misbehaving yourself or making comment on things that you don't have no business making comment on right so Calpurnia was a very serious strong black woman yeah, and I'll never serious. forget her uh, for that yeah very serious woman and also it was quite interesting to because while i was doing my research on this um one of the things that i found is that atticus was one of the people she he really did respect her yes, as a woman yeah. and around that time obviously um it was actually the jim crow era it was supposed to be around the great depression and the yeah. jim crow era and the jim crow era was when black people were no longer considered slaves yes. and they were no longer basic slaves but around they still didn't have much you know right of way yes. so um but atticus obviously was like no nah, i'm not going to treat her yeah. like absolute trash yes. i she looks after my children yes. my children love her yes. and he said calpurnia will leave when she wants to leave yeah. like and and that's what i love about atticus as yeah. a person and that's that's what i love about his character because yeah. he's just very respectful. respectful he like you said he's very manly yeah. and he she he doesn't take values. the mick he has yeah. value oh he, he he was such a valued man mm. and um he, he what he believed in is what he believed in and he didn't care if the majority um were against him because actually Based on the fact that he eventually um, defended um, Tom Robinson, Tom Robinson um, his children were at risk and he knew it. You know, his children were at risk because the community were not happy that he was defending this black man who they assumed was guilty. Mm -hmm. So. Cool. So now that we've finished talking about Atticus as a character, I mean, we'll probably come back to him at yeah. some point. But yeah. who do you want to talk about next, Mum? <laughs> there's so many people um well let's talk about scout because the story is told through her eyes yes right so if you if you've paid attention and you've actually read the book you'll know that it's told entirely through the innocence of scout because scout i don't know how old she is really but you'd say that she's maybe in primary school or yeah. she's in yeah. she's quite young so yeah. maybe like nine yeah or ten. ten yeah something like that, something like yeah, that. Yeah. But I think, actually, I'm not too sure, actually, if it's narrated when she's older or at the actual time when she's when she's younger. Do you, do you know? Or is that the second book? That's well, remember, book. it's narrated through whatever's happening at the time in her life and she was young then. Yeah. So it's got to be a narration as 
it was happening at her 10 year old age right okay good it's good to we clear this up mm. as well um yeah so scout is quite mischievous we all know this um she has to be put in her place quite a lot of times by calpurnia mm. as we said before mm. and she is actually smarter i feel like i've develop the fact that I think that she's smarter than we think she is? I would use a different word than mischievous. I think that she was a strong-minded little girl. She had her own ideas and opinions, very similar to her father. And I think um, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that um, that's what they were trying to portray, that actually she had the guts to go against what she wasn't supposed to do. And she just had a little fiery character. And if she had an opinion, she would say it. And if she felt um, disrespected, she would fight. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think. That's how I felt. Very um, warm to her. Um, She had a lot of compassion um, but also a lot of attitude. Do you know what I mean? It was a, a, mi- a mixture of things. And if she didn't understand something, she didn't have the control <laughs> to kind of go to the side and say, Dad or Calpurnia, oh, I don't understand that. She'd just bile it out right there and then, and it could prove embarrassing at times. So mm-hmm. it was just really her young innocence that she needed to rein in a little bit. But through the um, film, you will see how she did that and how brave she was in the end it's such a a beautiful um ending really agreed and you know when you was talking about how she has similar sort of views to her father um it instantly made me think of the fact that they used to read newspapers together and so he would explain certain things about the newspaper to her and that's why she had such a developed mind at that age i used to think that was interesting as well when i was reading i was like okay this is pretty cool like to develop her as a I mean like you're doing to me as well I'm relaying this into real life like you were doing to me with the book reading it allowed for me to develop certain ideas about certain things like racism and discrimination like for Scout what she was reading the newspaper it would develop her mind about current affairs and all that stuff I thought that was really interesting Um, and what I noticed about Scout is um, colour didn't matter to her so um, she did not have the same prejudices as others may have had her age. What she didn't understand was poverty because she would question her dad on when, um, I believe it was Walter Cunningham's father that came over or a man came over one day and he had a bill to pay for Atticus. Right. So Atticus must have represented him or did something for him, but he didn't have the money. And the unspoken word was powerful enough for the viewer to see what was happening. But through the eyes of a child, they don't. So the if it was Walter Cunningham's father, he came over to give Atticus some kind of food as payment for whatever he'd done for him. And we used to call that bartering, you know, that, you know, I don't have money, but I can give you something that will cover the cost. But but um, Scout didn't understand that. So she questioned her dad and wondered, why did he come over and why did he leave this and that? And, you know, um, and so, but what I liked about Atticus, he would always explain so that she understood, you know. But when she got to school, 
and was teased. And then she had this fight with Walter, I believe, and then they invited him over and the way he behaved. I, it just made me feel that because although they were all poor, they were poorer than them. And so Walter didn't have the grace around the table to know how to behave when he was in others' company. So it was kind of, she didn't understand that, as I said earlier. But yeah, I, I think, you know, it, that's my opinion of how I see Scout, a very sweet girl, but she was opinionated. She had fire in her belly and she always asked questions. And that, I believe, is based on the fact that her father was raising her to be that way, you know, without the embarrassment part, you know? Mm-hmm. I think you're very spot on with the fact that well, Scout as a character. And also when you're talking about, you know, Walter being, you know, even though they're all poor, because I mean, this is the time of the Great Depression. Yeah. And it's written around that time or afterwards. Um, Walter obviously is brought up not really knowing how to behave yeah. again. Yeah. Um, and going back to Mr. Cunningham providing, you know, food as a source of payment, yeah. that actually comes back to help Atticus yeah. when he's being interrogated or being what's the word it's being intimidated Mm -hmm. by a mob of lynchers yes right being intimidated by a mob who were trying to i don't know attack him and bully him out of um representing uh tom robinson the black man that was accused of assaulting a white woman yeah yeah and this is where, and this is where Scout and Jem and Dill come in, yeah. and Scout's innocence actually saves Atticus that day. Yeah. So she goes like, "Mr. Cunningham, like I, I, I remember you. Do you remember me? Yeah. You came round and gave my dad some food, and yeah. like say hello to Walter for me or something like that." Yes. And he, what a sweet moment that was. Yeah, that was very sweet. I Atticus actually, didn't say anything. Actually feel goose pimples when you just mentioned that that was an amazing moment because Mm -hmm. yeah she did she actually saved her dad's life by innocently embarrassing Mr Cunningham because he was one of the ones that wanted to lynch Atticus for defending this black man Mm -hmm. and through the innocence of children she came in so sweetly and said hello Mr Cunningham how are you say hello to Walter like you said and it he felt like I don't know. He felt embarrassed. Of course he did. And yes, it did save. It saved him. And do you notice how Atticus didn't say a whole word throughout that whole time? He was just like, I'm going to, I'm looking at how my child is handling the situation, not with hostility. I mean, even though she was kicking some people at the time, (laughs) she's not handling it with hostility or Mm -hmm. fighting or shouting. She's being very calm and innocent and asking him questions and sort of diffusing the situation yeah. to the point where he's like, you know what, guys, let's just go home. Yes. Let's just leave them alone. Yes. Let's, let's whatever. Because the actual scene was was Atticus sitting outside of that, that jailhouse because mm-hmm. they were going to come and kill Tom Robinson and he was sitting there guarding him mm-hmm. with his own life to ensure that this man had a fair trial. Yeah. You know, it was a really wonderful moment, that yeah. film was, that showed innocence and you know it was like negotiation but I really don't believe that she truly realized what was happening and the extent of what could have happened if they didn't turn up that's why I felt like she was a genius at that point but didn't know the fact that her doing what she did is a genius move you're actually using your innocence to defuse a situation and it worked it worked and I mean I don't know what would have happened to Atticus if she didn't 
do everything. But or if Jem didn't say, I'm not leaving. Yeah. Because yeah. And Jem is a brother. So let's talk about Jem. Yeah, let's talk about Jem. Jem, Jem, Jem. Now Jem is boy, how do I even know how to describe him? I think that he's quite rebellious as well. I found Jem um yeah, rebellious is one word to describe him, but I also felt that he felt like a little man, mm-hmm. that he um, felt like he was really a big brother. Yes, he had an annoying little sister, but um, and he, he wanted to protect her, but he, yeah, he would get himself into things and he was very curious. That's what I would say about, about um, Jem. He was a very curious guy. Yeah. He's a very curious guy that wanted to spend time with his dad. And take chances Mm -hmm. because, you know, I remember um, quite early on in the film that they was this house and it was the house of the Radleys, yeah? And it went round town that you don't go near that house because Boo Radley is in there and he will eat you or kill you and all of this. And Mr. Radley was a very serious man. And, you know, they they avoided, they were told, don't go near that house. But I think for Jem, it was like he would do some dares or, or things that would make them, put them in like a little challenging situation. And I remember the scene where they were rolling in a tyre and it rolled right onto his... Um, in, onto his property and it was almost like you know they saw a ghost sort of thing and they rushed off the property and all of that but that is where the story begins for Jem and Scout really and Dill came into it there's another young boy character called Dill but I think the story kind of had two prongs and one of them was about the kids you know, and I think the story kind of developed after they hit that um, porch with in the tire, and they became well. Jem became very um, curious about the character Boo Radley, who we'll talk about later. But they developed some sort of silent relationship whereby um, there was a particular tree that was near the house. And although they never saw this character called Boo Radley, he would leave them gifts in the tree. And they kind of developed a friendship, but without even knowing what this man looked like. But they had fear because they were told that he was to be feared. And yeah, I think Scout's, sorry, Jem's character was all about developing as a man, as a young man, and taking some of the values that his father had, I think. He, was, he, he wasn't a complicated character, but he was a determined guy that kind of got himself into a few scrapes, but there was always somebody that they never saw that was always there to help get them out of those scrapes. It was almost like an angel mm-hmm. was there to protect them. I think that's all I would say about Jem, really. I don't know if you had anything. Yeah, I mean, the reason why I said that Jem was rebellious was the fact that he got into so much sort of issues and scraps because of the fact that he had that sort of 
fight back nature. Yeah. Like when it came to, for example, Mrs. DeBose, who was yes. one of the characters <laughs> who um, he had to sort of reprimand things with. Yeah. Um, he, I think, because she was quite racist mm-hmm. and she was quite mean to the children as well and she yeah. just means to everyone to be fair because yeah. she was she wasn't very well yeah obviously. but we didn't know that we at first that. through the book it wasn't that obvious mm-hmm. that she wasn't well they kind of revealed that a little bit later mm-hmm. that she just was like a mean old bag that's what it kind of portrayed and yeah yeah it's like like you said it was like she was portrayed as a mean old bag but to be fair behind the scenes because one of the themes you did say was not judging a book by its cover as well um she was battling like an addiction she was battling a morphine addiction because she was like she was on her dying days and around this time obviously they didn't know this because i mean they're kids and Mm -hmm. they don't really under they can't really comprehend everything yeah um I think Jem was got mad at something. I can't remember what, but he, I think, messed up something in her yard. Yes. And then to pay back, you know, messing something up in her yard, he was forced to go to her house and read to her every day. Yes, that was like torture. Yeah, well, I mean, if that's, I mean, that's the lightest thing you can do. It's either that or you go to jail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But his father did it for principle's sake. The fact that you've done something wrong, mm-hmm. you have to face your consequences. And that's why he made um, her, he made him go and read to her. Um, I don't know if Atticus knew she wasn't well. It doesn't say. I think he knew. You because know? I read somewhere where he said that uh, he actually, what's the word? He commended her for fighting this, you know, morphine addiction um as an older person he commended her some i read it somewhere i can't remember but i remember saying that and being like he he knew i think he knew i think everyone knew on that street but then but kids as you say may not have comprehended that yeah i mean it has been a while since i've watched the film and read the book so i'm just going to put out that disclaimer yeah i'm going to put out that disclaimer as well i did but it is really um something that i i can honestly say um was one of the greatest films that I've seen and it is definitely worth watching. Yeah, I agree with that, honestly. To absorb yourself in that feeling and that era and that time and the emotions you're going to go through when watching it. You know, we can only give you a hint of what it was like to to be immersed in that film. So Mm -hmm. I hope that, you know, we've given a sense of something because it was brilliant. Yeah, it was brilliant, honestly. Like, I think the film has so many different layers to it that could be explored and that's why so many people in or so many secondary schools explore it as a book because there's so many things that you could write about like so many things in terms of context contextually in the real world as well that go into this film and can and that's why that's why I do series I do episodes like these mm-hmm. because I want to take films I want to take tv shows and documentaries and I want to and take out the themes that yeah. relate to real life yeah. and just put them out there because yeah. we can learn something definitely. from them definitely. and honestly I agree with you this film and this book has definitely actually made me like reading this book well, did make me like that. reading because I couldn't get nothing past you, you know. I'm no, telling you, you when I was reading this book, okay, oh my gosh, like 
I couldn't I couldn't not read a chapter because mum because mum had read it herself I just couldn't get nothing past her I couldn't miss a step I couldn't miss a detail well your brother tried that one didn't he yes he tried tried that one let me tell you what her brother tried to do god I hope you're not listening let me tell you I'm telling you I read this book I don't know how many times right and as I said I asked Ronnie to, I tried to give her an advantage just like I did with her brother and sister. Her brother is older, so obviously he's the first one. Thought he was clever. Not for me. But what her brother didn't realise is I'd actually read the book. So he must have thought I'd given him this book to read and I hadn't read it. People, let me tell you. The young man tried to skip chapters. And what they were required to do, Ronnie will tell you. Is after they'd done their reading, they'll have to come and tell me what they'd learned from the book and what they'd read and what happened in the chapter. Now, obviously, if I love this book so much because I'm talking about it so much, her brother tried to skip two chapters, comes to me with his foolishness and tells me, oh, yeah, this is what happened. So I let him finish. And then I said to him, uh, you're going to start the book again because you missed out two chapters. I thought he was going to faint on the spot. But you know what? He never did it again. And he read that book. And now, if you ever get him on one of these podcasts, he will tell you, thank God for what I've done. Don't miss chapters in book. Don't skip to the end of the film. Watch the film, read the book and get the full value of it. You know, then this one, Rani tries it. No. And, you know, in the end, (laughs) I told them this the other day. I said, you know, you never knew whether I read any of the other books or not because you didn't want to take the chance to miss a chapter. So anybody out there who wants to try that with their kids, feel free. Well, have you ever considered the fact that I actually enjoyed the other books as well? <laughs> Did you consider that? Well, don't care. As long as you got the value out of it, that's the main thing. Hey there, Rani here, hoping that you've been enjoying the show so far. And if you have, great, we'd love to have you follow us on all of our social media platforms, which is at That's My Point Pod. There you can find updates on when we post next and also a head start on what we'll be talking about in the next episode. Also, don't be afraid to share your opinions in our DMs and comment sections, as on my Instagram and my Twitter, I like to ask questions on some of the films, TV shows and documentaries that I have watched just to get an idea of what you guys think about them. I love having conversations on topics like these as I feel like they really do add to the episodes that I do. And finally, if you have any films, TV shows or documentaries you want for me to review or do a theory scan on, please do let me know in my DMs because I will be checking them and I will be answering them. This has been a short break and now on with the rest of the show. About Boo Radley, then let's talk about Boo Radley. I, I think Boo Radley's, I think the most emotional part, and for me, was hit, seeing him. Yeah, for the first time. You know when you watch this film, you build up this image, you, you're on this journey with these kids, you know. When you're reading the book, you're on the journey, and you really want to know what this guy looks like, but the book describes him exactly. As he looks when you see him in a film. It was frightening, actually. And you have to wait till the last scene to actually see what this man looks like. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, all of the emotions that I was feeling through the book is that he was institutionalised because of a crime that he committed. 
In order to avoid him going to jail, his father, Mr. Um, Radley, um, agreed with the judge to take him home and to keep him home. It's almost like house arrest so that he would, he would um, pay for what he'd done. And as a result of that, he became a hermit or he became a recluse. So he never went out. And if he did go out, it would be at, at midnight. And I tell you, he saved Jem, Scout and Deal's life on a number of occasions just by being that ghost in the background, mm -hmm. you know. And at the very last reel, all through the film, you see how frightened they were of him. They thought that everything that was bad that was happening to them was because of him when actually it wasn't. They were actually being intimidated by those white men that were against Atticus for defending the black man. Many times their life was at risk and they thought it was Boo Radley because he was seen as this mad person who had been institutionalised, kept inside and never came out and Da, da 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 you know but actually he was their angel and they didn't know until the last near enough the end of the film the most beautiful part for me was when he actually saved their life from what's that man's name Robert. mr robert yule yeah we'll talk about him in a minute it was um a moment mm -hmm. when he was actually in the house and he was hiding behind the door. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't want to frighten them. He didn't want to frighten them. Yeah. But when Atticus closed the door and introduced them to Mr. Boo Radley. What did Scout say? It was as if she always knew him. Yeah. She was like, oh, hey. Hey, Boo. Hey. I was like, oh. It was, so <laughs> was so such a beautiful scene. moment that they realized that he was actually the one that saved them yes yeah, so you know like you said on multiple many occasions. times and he thanked atticus thanked boo for the lives of his children yeah you know definitely he um, defended them kids yeah he did he didn't even know them. that friend that they never saw until the last reel yeah. i'm telling you this film is something you must see it's yeah. it's, it's something to witness that yeah. you know you're gonna laugh you're gonna cry you're gonna you're going to be angry, you're going to be sad, and you're going to feel that vulnerability. All of those emotions you're going to feel, and it's a wonderful film to watch. Yeah, I mean, like, when it came to sort of seeing Boo Radley for the first time, I felt like the the kids themselves yes. were, like, for the for the like, majority of the film, yeah. we hadn't seen him, so that it's that anticipation, anticipation, yes. anticipation. I really want to see him yeah. now. I want to read on or watch yeah. on to see. And like you said, it's the last scene yeah. that you see him, and it's yeah. like, oh, finally! Yeah. And when you actually see him, you're like, oh, he's not how we expected. He is more vulnerable. He looks scared and frail. Yes, he did. He wasn't a frail, but he was quite... But I'll tell you why. He, he was. He looked very pale because he didn't come out in the day. Yeah. You see? Because of his reputation. Because of his reputation and because he was actually under house arrest. Yeah, he was under house arrest. Mm. So that was that was amazing for me. I, I really I, I felt like crying when I saw him. For some reason, I feel like out of all the characters that we're ever going to speak about um, for To Kill a Mockingbird, I feel like Boo Radley is probably my favorite. Even mm -hmm. though you never see him, yes. like you said, um, he's actually one of the driving forces to yeah. keeping these kids alive. Yes, and definitely. I mean, he kept Gem alive. Yeah, he did. He did. Remember, yeah. he tore his pants he tore and his he had pants to leave them on the um, 
on the fence and then he sewed them up and put them neatly there for him and he was just wondering who did that for me you know yeah. he was i tell you kindness of a stranger yes kindness very much so innocence of children kindness of strangers you know mm -hmm. so are we gonna move on to who who i think we're gonna move on to? who we're moving on to let's talk about mayella shall we yeah mayella mm. right. i think you know Mayella, another vulnerable adult. By the way, she's the one who accused Tom Robinson uh, of assault. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a whole it's a whole ordeal. You need to watch it and read it to understand what it is. Because yeah. I can't go into too much detail because viewer discretion is advised and all that stuff. But yeah. Yeah, yeah Mayella is the daughter of Robert Yule. Mm -hmm. Robert Yule was murdered by Boo Radley mm -hmm. because Robert Yule tried to kill Atticus Finch's children because he wasn't happy that he was defending the black man who was accused of attacking his daughter. Mm -hmm. So that just gives you a bit of context. And by quote, he said, what kind of man are you? Yeah. After he found out he was defending him yeah. by, by choice. Now, Mayela, I think for me, as I said, was um, also a vulnerable adult. Um, limited in her literacy skills, innocent, naive, and I don't actually think that she was a racist. I actually think that she was more open to mixing with black people. Agreed. Now... Tom Robinson, he worked the land, I think. Yeah, he owned some sort of land or plot. And um, I think he was like kind of like a farmer like or something like that. Yeah. He was affected by the Great Depression as well. Yeah. But he was yeah. he was somebody that would come and do labouring type work for, pe for white people. Yeah. Mayela's um, link to Tom Robinson is the fact that um, he was kind of a labourer for white people and he was doing some work in the yard of where um, Mayella and her father lived and her family. And she took a liking to him. But because of the divide and the racism between black and white, he was very weary of the fact that, you know, he, he, he didn't actually want to mix with them. He had his wife and his children. He seemed quite happy with them. But Mayella liked him. And what she'd done is she inadvertently set him up, to be honest, for her own selfish needs and asked him to come in to, to help move a chiffa robe. Yeah. I believe that's a wardrobe. Yeah. But it, or a chest or something. And mm -hmm. he, he obviously wanted to help her. But in that, um, she took advantage. And her dad came home, caught him in the house, and he ran away. But unfortunately, the dad, Mr. Um, Robert Yule, is a violent man. And because she had, in his eyes, dirtied herself to come on to a black man, he beat up his daughter. Mm -hmm. And then what he did was he called the police and accused Tom Robinson of beating her up and forced her to make a accusation against Tom Robinson, which is why he needed to be defended by Atticus. Yeah. And that's really where his defence came in. Yeah. And I mean, like, because it's like, at first, as you can tell, at first I was kind of a bit annoyed because it's like, you caused 
this man who was mm-hmm. innocent yeah. to be put in a position where now he 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 he's dead. He's fighting for his life, yeah. and at the end, he ended up dying because he was shot seventeen times trying to leave, yeah. like trying to get away. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, remember, um, all white jewelry, right? Mm-hmm. Already yeah, racist. Um, he was considered guilty before he was tried. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine being in that time as a black person or man being accused of something so disgusting against a white woman. How? on earth could you think you're ever going to get away with that whether you're lying or not mm-hmm. and unfortunately he was innocent yeah. you know and he left his children and his wife because Robert Yule was a liar yeah. and beat up his own daughter and yeah. then forced her to make a false claim that she was attacked by by, um, by Tom, Tom Robinson and I think that I think one of my favorite scenes in this whole film is the trial scene yeah. right this is where we have Atticus defending Tom Robinson. Yeah. And, this, and this, I don't know how long the scene goes on for. I think mm-hmm. it's like five, ten minutes maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's like a proper jury. We have Atticus defending Tom. And then we have some other guy who's all annoying and just pretentious um, defending Mayella. Mm-hmm. And um, one, of the, one of the tactics uh, Atticus uses, I don't know if you remember... Mm-hmm. He, one of the tactics he uses is, oh, I wanted to catch this glass with one hand. Oh, and so he throws it towards Tom. Yeah. Tom catches it with his right. Yeah. And he's like, okay, cool. And he throws it back. Yeah. And then Atticus says, now I want you to catch it with your left. And then Tom's like, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. And he said, why can't you do that? Tom says, because my left arm's messed up because yeah. he was involved in an accident yeah. where his arm was was caused to be immo- immobile, yes. right? So yes. he's basically disabled. He can't yes. he can't move it. Yes. And so he's like, okay. So as you can tell from the bruises on Myla's face, this would have happened if someone with some with someone's left hand, yes. right? So now I want for and there was another thing where it's like I wanted to write something down with your with one of your hands, yeah. and so he instantly goes for his right hand because obviously his other hand is not able to be moved yeah. so he writes it down now he gets robert to the stand and he gets him to write down something he's like yeah can you can you write down a, a passage or something he writes it with his left now that made me go okay oh, wow. now this is where it gets interesting yeah. i was like that has to be solid yeah. evidence that yeah. he did it yeah. but like you said because it was an all-white jury yeah they were in more favor of, you know, they're like of white people. So they completely overlooked that and was Mm. like, no, we're still going to say that he's guilty. And so I I just wanted to say that because regardless of what Atticus would have said in that situation Mm. or what he would have, what kind of um, little trials he would have done, he wouldn't have proven to be good in his But in his mind, he had to do the best defense he could. Now, if you remember that court scene, Mm -hmm. where were the black people? They were all on the top, on the top, um, what they call it, uh, uh, gallery. And where did Jem and Atticus go when they sneaked into the courthouse? Where did they automatically go? Uh, Scout and Jem went to the top bit Yes. And that's just, it's just a further evidence that they were so comfortable around everybody mm-hmm. that they didn't see difference because they were being raised by a black woman, mm-hmm. actually. And yeah. as I said, a black woman, Calpurnia, like mm-hmm. my mother. Mm-hmm. Seriously. So, you know, uh, overall, I would say, I mean, sad ending, 
Mm -hmm. sadness, there's vulnerability, there's joy that comes in the morning, you know, um, and I don't know, all I can say for this film needs a watch because as I said, it covers friendship, stereotype, racism, so many topics that we are still facing today mm. and what you see then you see now yeah and it also makes us evaluate our lives how lucky we are what can we do to change things that are are not so good about our character we can never be perfect but what we can start to do is check ourselves mm-hmm. and look back in time and see where things were and where are we now yeah, and obviously in light of everything that's been going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and every other movement that's happening that's been very important to, you know, shaping what should what our society should be. Um, obviously I think this this book and this film should definitely be watched yeah, by everyone. Like the despite how old you may be, that's you it. need to read it or watch it at some point. To kill a mockingbird by Ar- Harper Lee. Harper Lee. Trust me. She's a Pulitzer Prize winner for this book. I remember the cover being orangey yellow Mm -hmm. with just To Kill a Mockingbird on it. That's one of the earlier versions. Yeah. Since then, there's been so many different versions. So many different covers. I know that I've still got that book somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, it is um, 100% worth um, looking at this film. Very old, black and white. If you're not used to black and white films, get used to them. Yeah. Those are the best, you know, mm-hmm. never too young to watch a film that moves you. That's what I would say. Yes, I totally agree. Totally agree. Thank you so much, Mum, for being a part of my podcast episode. You really have made it very entertaining for me. And I hope that I've made it entertaining for my listeners. I really appreciate you for listening this far. And even if you listened just a little bit and gave us, you know, a little bit of time, I really appreciate that as well. Also, if you want to go to our social media, uh, which is at That's My Point Pod, you will receive updates on when we post and also some special content. And you can answer some of our questions that we've already put on our social media, which is great. Also, if you want to give us a TV show, film or documentary to review, then gladly do so because I will probably pick it for my next episode. Thank you so much for listening again. I really appreciate it and I'll see you next week.